Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you, as always, by TheRinger.com and The Ringer Podcast Network, where you can find such podcasts as the Ryan Rosillo podcast, it says here. Who came up with this name? Was this uh, the same the same geniuses that named our show, Tate? Mm. One Shining Podcast? Yes, I believe so. Uh, yeah. it w- so it was not us. <laughs> and uh, we should say, uh, Ryan Rosillo taking our whole little shtick, you know, he's basically creating the same show, but it's a new show. It's and brilliant. Yeah, it's it brilliant. It really is yeah. brilliant. Uh, People get excited. You get the algorithm on your side. It's a beautiful thing. But his problem is all of his shows are just called, like, the Ryan Rosillo show in mm-hmm. some way. Like, that was his ESPN show, right? The Ryan Rosillo show. show. Correct. This is the Ryan Rosillo podcast. Very different. Very different. So the the problem then is when you want to pretend like you're a fan of Rosillo from the old days, like, it's confusing. All the way back in the SVP and Rosillo days, I guess that's how you'd say it. Um but yeah, people. You know how people say like, I've "Been a fan since the teed up days." What do you do with Rosillo? You just say, "I've been a fan since the Rosillo show days," <laughs> which is also the name of your show. So that kind would of be now. if we had like the yeah. One Shining Podcast show, but now we're just One Shining Podcast. Yeah, yeah. Show. One Shining show. One. Sh- <laughs> just we just keep going on. It really is a war within the podcast space to see whether it's a show or a podcast. Yeah. I remember Andy Greenwald and I had a big thing over this one time because he was like, "It's the Andy Greenwald show because mm. it's going to be a show," but I was like, "But right now." It's a podcast. Don't you have to show something for it to be a show? That's what the, most people say. Interesting. Makes you think. Are we due for a new name, by the way? It's been two years of One Shining Podcast. Kyle, if Kyle, just because Kyle got it season. tattooed on his arm doesn't mean there does. are, we're married. We've been, over this. We've been over this. It does mean that. There are rumblings and, rum- and, and rumors that it's going to be called the College Basketball Podcast. So get excited for that. The Ringer College uh, Basketball yeah, Show. It's, it's, the Ringer oh, College the Basketball show, Show. That's right. Yeah, now it's a show, guys. We might be on camera every once in a while. Very oh, exciting yeah. times. Uh, speaking of college sports, that's what we talk about a lot on here, mostly yes. basketball. Um, college football started. Uh, so the, check out that. The, the, the ringer.com will be writing, I think, what are we doing? One article a month on college football, something like that? Well, you got um, Rosillo three times a week, so don't worry about it. We just dropped a Rosillo. Rosillo does hit the college football hard. Uh, I got to come on at some point. Um, I want to talk about guys, obviously, but uh, I'm, I'm, I've been sucked into the Trevor Lawrence mania. He didn't really play that well in the first game, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There's something about the guy. I, I watched a clip of him. He was at some quarterback camp, and he was coaching, like, 17-year-olds. And he was, like, stunting on them. He's like, how old are you guys? And they're, like, 17. He's he like, goes, I'm 19. I'm 19. <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious because he's their coach. And uh, It's like, you want to see this 25-yard out right. route? Watch yeah. this. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I, uh, I'm a fan of his, so um, I'm going to um, watch him play football this year. That's my point, I guess. Uh, Yeah. So that's that. What else, Tate? College football, Mac Brown is back. Carolina football is back. And yes, I said Carolina football. I was at that game in Charlotte, North Carolina. That was a beautiful game. thing. Good to see Mac get a win. Uh, don't watch us the rest of the year. Just remember that moment. Yeah. You don't need to watch us anymore. We're off the radar. We're off the grid. So Carolina football back on top. Leave us there. Is Mac Brown going to show up for week two is the question. Or he started he crying retired. after the game. Yeah, I mean, retired. it was basically like if you watch that clip, you would think it was like when Butch Davis won the Music City Bowl. And it was like a full culmination of his four years at Carolina. Mac Brown's like, I, I won the offseason. I got these four stars in the building. And look where we are, baby. Back uh, on top. Speaking of winning the offseason, the offseason is over yes. um, in college basketball. We, we, we decided once Labor Day hits, we shift into preseason mode. So today, uh, we are going to put to bed the offseason. We're going to take the offseason and uh, take it behind the woodshed. This is the end. This is the end of the offseason. This is the end of an era. Um, we are saying goodbye to all things offseason. And we are just going to like go through all of our favorite stories from this offseason, basically. 
That's that's what we have on. We're going to do our top ten of the end mm-hmm. of the off season. That's a lot of prepositional phrases, mm-hmm. phrases, but also it's good news for us because we can rehash all the great moments we had this off season. That's right. it. So uh, that's what we're going to get into. We're going to just basically we listed. I have my list here. I have thirty stories um, that happened from the moment the moment the buzzer sounded on the twenty nineteen national championship game. Until now, basically. Everything that's happened in the world of college basketball. We are going to talk about all of it, but first. John Rothstein got engaged. He takes the timeout. Technical out foul. Timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. All right, it is Tuesday. It is time for another edition of One Shining Podcast. Um, before we get started, I, I do want to let everyone know we um, are getting questions, Tate, about the, the rewatchable series that we have started and people are clamoring. Um, Kyle, play the music. <laughs> so we did the Illinois-Arizona uh, uh, game from 2005. Mm-hmm. We promised that the IU-Duke game from 2002 was coming. And then we were going to do a fan vote, and everyone else could vote on the other four <laughs> we were going to do. So we had five that were coming. Um, it's with a heavy heart that I report that zero of the five are coming. Uh, in all seriousness, uh, we, we did have we did want to do that. We are not going to do that. So I just wanted to put that out there because people are actually asking, "Where is my AJ Moy? I love." We'll, we'll 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 figure out a way. We'll just have we'll just have them all on the podcast. That, I think that's my new plan. Is I'm going to have everybody that was a part of the 2002 Indiana team on the podcast together. Maybe we'll just do it that way. And we'll ask him all the questions we would have talked about in the rewatchables game, and we'll figure it out. You know, at the end of the day, we make a lot of promises on this podcast. It's do we deliver? No. Yeah. But that's part of the beauty of but us. But it's not. But you know as I mean? Rick Pitino has taught us, it's not our fault. No. It's called plausible we, deniability. We, we take full responsibility, yes. but it is not our fault. Exactly. So just remember that. Always blame someone else. Always blame the conglomerate. Always blame the NCAA. Always blame FIFA. Always blame... Rick Pitino. Whoever you got to blame. It's wrong. Yes, it's wrong. I agree. And here we are. And it's the offseason, and it has been an offseason for the books for us. I mean, we've been all over the place. We've talked it, about a lot of things. This was one of the most hectic offseasons of my life. Uh, yes. I think that's why, like, we're, you, you know, listen, if, if we do one thing well on the show, it's we are very self-serving. We we mm-hmm. um, we like to talk about ourselves uh, because that's what, if you're, if if you're young millennials, no. If this was a show, if this yeah, was a right. show, we this would not talk show. about ourselves. But this is a podcast, so we're going to talk about ourselves. So I understand that, but uh, from my perspective, part of the reason why uh, we, we're making a big fuss about this off season was that for us personally, it was um, a very hectic off season. There's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of moving parts, a lot of, uh, um, um, I don't know, you, you know what I'm saying. So uh, we wanted to uh, look back on the off season because, as I said, our minds are turning to preseason mode. I I spent all morning this morning. Um, looking up Kansas and Michigan State stuff and trying to figure out who I think is going to be the number one team in the country. I think Michigan State is ultimately going to be voted number one, but I mean for myself, I was trying to to determine whether I am going to agree with Michigan State being better than Kansas heading into the season or not. I have still not really determined, but that that is just to illustrate how serious I take my job, Tate. Mm -hmm. I actually started doing my job this morning. So, um, as I said, preseason is here. This morning, (laughs) it began. It started. Now we're, we're still we're still in we the end. Go. We're, we're going to get to the start <laughs> at some point. And again, we're going to do our top ten of the end of the off season. So and keep it going. Yeah, let's just remind everybody because people. That's the other thing is people that listen to the show. They they don't um, listen. I don't even listen to every show we do. So I don't expect any of of the friends. Of the On the record, I have never listened. <laughs> 
to any of our shows. I don't even listen to I'm not even listening to what I'm saying right now. Future me saying. is not listening right yes. now. So um I don't expect everyone else to listen. So people might have missed some stuff from this offseason. They mm-hmm. might have um they might just now be tuning in. Um probably not. They're probably still not tuning in. They're mm-hmm. probably gonna wait till March like everyone else. But, oh, um, another Ryan Rosillo <laughs> pod? Yes. Um, but but let's say someone is just now tuning in. We're going to recap our offseason and we're gonna do it. How do we want to do that? How do we want to structure this? I think that we should just throw it back and forth, do All our right. own top ten, make a top ten together. And again, like okay. I said, we don't fulfill our promises. Very so even, though, even though we promise a top ten, there may be thirty, yep. there may be five, there may be six, there may be nine. No one knows. But we're gonna do our best to put it together. How about we try to keep to an even number? That's a doable promise we could deliver on that yeah well we'll, it's like remember the titans you know when he says he has 12 brothers and sisters and then he's like you had 12 brothers and sisters eight yeah 12 12 sounds better let's go 12 let's go 12 that sounds good kyle that's what we'll do all right so i'll give you first pick then okay what what, from the the 2019 offseason what is the number one story in your mind it is still the number one story in america it is still the number one story and honestly in in all of the solar system when you really think about the implications that it will have and again, of course, I'm talking about Zion Williamson and the relation to the San Andreas fault line. Mm. Yes, we remember this. Zion Williamson opened up his career in summer league playing against R.J. Barrett. We remember the thunderous dunks he was throwing down in pregame. We remember Julius Randle, who is the 6'8 version of Zion, according to Julius Randle. We remember LeBron James being at the game. We remember him bumping his knee and sitting on the bench, and then everyone saying, we want Zion. And Zion said, I am a millionaire. And he did not come back into the game. And then Mother Nature. It happened. She made it happen. She said, you know what? I want to see Zion play. Shakes the Earth's core. And here we are. We have an earthquake. We were there. We were in Las Vegas. We felt it. We saw it. 19,000 people in the building saw it. I think at that point it was about 7,000 people because once Zion sat out, everyone left. So basically the return of is Zion fat debates yes it's the biggest story for you <laughs> the story like, continues like as we it as, evolves as he's progressing through the college basketball season we're like man this guy is actually not fat he's just an incredible athlete and he's thick whatever that means and then um then the summer league comes around he causes an earthquake mm-hmm. that is how history will remember this uh he caused the earthquake and then he th- beyond that like he's not he he's not doing anything i, th- I still is he playing basketball we don't know that, but we can still, say here's the headline that will sell it, and here's what people read. We always read the headlines. You all remember, always remember the news in the future. Only an earthquake could upstage the force of nature that is Zion Williamson. He's a force of nature. And that's what we'll remember. That's my number one story of the offseason. Zion Williamson calls an earthquake. Again, I had a, a roommate of mine just went to Joshua Tree. He went up on some perch, and he could see the San Andreas fault line. He was You can actually see it? It's like a thing? Apparently, a Joshua like Tree. On the, Joshua Tree is like a mile and a half up. I did not know this about the elevation Can you see all. the state borders if you get high enough? You can see Palm Springs. You can see Indio. You can see the whole little valley you right go to there. Joshua Tree, and you, and you put the right things in your mouth, you can see whatever you want. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say. I mean, I don't know. This is what he's telling me he saw. I'm not sure. I cannot confirm but <laughs> zion williamson made the fault line move zion williamson is the number one pick zion williamson continues to be the story to be the number one pick and that's the number one story for me zion williamson calls an earthquake all right um all right so so my pick my pick has to be the real number one story which is that the ncaa comes out and uh uh wh- when when the hell even was this like june or something it was yes. june it was yes. the middle of june and they say we have six schools that we're going to deliver notice of allegations to Two of them are high profile. They're coming in early July. Buckle up, everybody. And it is now early September. And basically the only school that's been mentioned is NC State. 
That's it. NC State has been punished, but like, are they actually going to be punished? Probably yes, because it's NC State. Mm-hmm. If it was anyone else, they they would not get actually punished. Um, hilarious, just absolutely hilarious. It, it it sums up the entire FBI scandal. The last two years of of off court stuff with college basketball is summed up by like those two headlines of NCA says six schools to be named <laughs> too early, as early as early July, and then the other headline. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, we were just kidding around. Just and that right there is all you need to know about this whole saga. So the schools that were supposed to be involved, we got Arizona, Auburn, Creighton, Kansas, Louisville, LSU, USC. These are the schools that everyone is waiting for the hammer to come yeah, down. Yeah, like which of these six? Like who's the six? Who are the big schools the involved? Six? So yeah. and, and the big controversy, of course, in the offseason was, is NC State included in the big schools? Uh, they obviously believe that they are. Now they're fighting to say, we are the school that yeah. was doing this. We we're are blue big blood. and bad. Yeah, we are a blue blood, even though we are red. And, you know, People are going insane about that. Uh, if you're not an NC State fan, if you're an NC State fan, of course you're going insane because how is the NCAA only coming after us? Uh, and then I got good news for you. Today, I look up uh, our boy, Mark Schleybach, the Schleybach himself. Wait, what? I didn't see this. Yes, headline. Judge denies NCAA request for Gatto material. Of course, Gatto is the Adidas guy that is involved in all this sort of stuff as far as funneling these guys uh, to certain schools. Adidas uh, and NC State, obviously, we're... Someone in the bag. You know, there's gas Nola. There's there's a lot of story and underlying stories involved. I will say Dennis Smith Jr., a guy who was at the, you know, the, the peak of this whole situation, just got the key to the city in we, Fayetteville. We should Shout do out a, Fayetteville. Uh, you know, the Ringer PhD video series that, that we've been pumping out with yes. stuff? Like, we did one, like, how Netflix works, I think. If I remember right, I don't know. We did another one. I want to do a series called uh, Bachelor's Degree, where we just kind of Google what's going on and we try to figure it out. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) That'd be great. Yeah, I was like, I'm not really sure Um, what's going on here, but this San Andreas fault line (laughs) seems like it got moved by Zion. What a we we should do one for the uh, FBI thing because at this point, like it's it's our jobs ish Mm. to know all this stuff, and even I don't remember who Gasnol is and Gatto, and I mean I kind of do, but uh. Yeah, we, we need to like recap this for everybody and put it put some cartoons on there and some some cartoon bags with money falling out of the bags and guys wearing velour suits and all that kind of well, stuff. Well, if this judge uh, grants a request at some point, I mean, uh, Yahoo apparently reached out for mm-hmm. these same uh, public records requests and they also were denied. So shout out to the Yahoo boys trying to get can in we, there and get should it. We, should we reach out for a request? Oh, just should. so we can like... Yeah, absolutely. We could let everyone... Know. We should just tweet that. We should just tweet we reached out for a request and... This, no, 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 no. This is the request right here. Yeah. Me, I'm asking the request. Please send me the information. And if I don't get it by an, an hour from now, I'm just going to say we were denied. And, you know, we tried our best. If I don't get we it by it. early July, <laughs> I can't do it. I'm going to have a real problem. That's for sure. Uh, and, of course, NC State has until October 7th to respond to the allegations. They're saying we didn't know we couldn't do that. Yeah. Of course, uh, we misinterpreted the rules. And also it's, hangs up the phone. It's a never-ending saga. Um but it's also like never starting either. Mm-hmm. That's that it's kind of on brand for what what we're doing today. But uh yeah, it's 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 there's six schools that are supposed to be named. They're not even if they are named, who knows what the hell's gonna happen. But it's just hilarious that that we thought it was actually gonna happen. And really again, did. if we, we go through the schools, Arizona, Sean Miller, doing great. Doing great. We go through Auburn. What I mean Bruce Pearl. Bruce doing Pearl fantastic. says, Dude, I'm I'm doing great. We're past it. Kansas. They said, Who are you talking about? Yeah. We're gonna be the number one team to play in the country for us. It's gonna be great. Uh LSU, Will Wade said, I'm back, baby. Yeah. Three hundred thousand. Three hundred thousand. Straight stacks. Yeah. And here we are. We move on. It's fantastic. What else what else we got? All right, next up for me. Uh this is a pretty big one, I guess, for a lot of people, but for me, it was kind of up there. Uh we went to this game last year 
and it was a game that meant a lot to us. Had some good friends that work with the program. The death of the SMU TCU rivalry. Oh man, that I was going to pick this one. We championed this. We man. we had the whole idea of heart divided, heart decided. We didn't know where we stood with each team. You decided to join TCU once they won the game. Yeah. Uh, despite being basically hosted by SMU yeah, all right. weekend. So you turned I on the I felt a little dirty. Yeah, it, been, yeah, no, it was good. Uh, the Horn Frog and yourself came out. Uh, and now the rivalry is over. Now we got guys transferring back and forth between the programs. Between the programs. And I think that we just put too much pressure on them. So for that, I will say I'm sorry. They were not ready for the spotlight. The, we're sorry. The, the TCU-SMU sorry. rivalry. Um, it was a great idea in theory. Uh, it 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 could not have been any funnier how it all panned out. Like even <laughs> even people that like listen to the show, we were tweeting, we're like live tweeting from there, and people are like in the comments or on Twitter like responding to us. They're like, "What is this again? I don't really I don't really remember. What are you guys doing? Can What's you the guys bit? Explain this one. Ex- one explain more time. the bit. <laughs> I missed that show. <laughs> us too. I was like, well, it made so much sense, dude. There's they got so much money in Texas. Mm-hmm. They're right next to each other, mm-hmm. sort of. They're both private schools. It just, I, I don't know. It makes too much sense. I didn't think that's the problem. I think that's what ultimately doomed it. You can't force a rivalry. It just has to happen. And, the- and, and like, we, like I said, when we went, they almost have too much money. They're like so rich that no one really cares because like you lose the game and you just like wipe your tears with $100 bills and you're like, I don't really actually care. I have a, a, a great life. I'm not going to let a, a basketball game between 19-year-olds ruin my amazing life i think it was a very savvy move because they looked around dallas and they said why are we going to beat each other up you know what i mean yeah why don't we share the pot right you know i mean this, this is, is, this is a yeah. classic jerry jones rev share move let's go ahead and share the pot and then of course larry brown lb's back in practice at smu running around with the guys and i'm thinking to myself smu i mean they're buying back in so despite the rivalry being dead smu is back so that's good to see yeah go Mustangs. um my 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 next story I want to talk about is uh, something that will, I will never get used to. Um, it, it still does not make sense to me. In fact, I have it written down on this paper, and I'm reading it three and four times to make sure that this is actually true. Mick Cronin is the head coach <laughs> at UCLA. <laughs> um, what? Wait, what? <laughs> uh, that that is. This will go down as my favorite coaching series. It has to. It's better that it's it's UCLA, the the program that has more national titles than anyone else. They they are they blue blood still? Are they not? Who gives a shit? If you, if you actually have opinions on who blue bloods are, just take a step back from the computer and take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. None of that shit actually matters. But the fact is, they do have eleven national titles, um, and they're the preeminent program on the West Coast. We we know everything there is to know about UCLA. We know what UCLA represents. We know what Los Angeles represents. This coaching search gets dragged out forever and ever. They're they're throwing out all sorts of names. Mm-hmm. They're, Billy Donovan is is a lock. Billy Donovan is definitely going to go there. Billy Donovan is n- no longer a lock. Billy Donovan is not going there. Um, TCU's coach, of course, we just mentioned Jamie Dixon, a J- lock. Yes, Jamie Dixon. They, they, I thought Jamie Dixon Allegedly. was going to get the job. Yes. Like I think I felt like they, yeah, it was the buyout, right? Like they didn't want to pay the buyout, and then and then Jamie Dixon was like, "Come on, TCU, let me. Why do we have to pay this ridiculous buyout?" And, and like, then we got the double tap buyout because Rick Barnes says, "You know what? I'm down to go to UCLA. Yes. Why don't I leave Tennessee? I'm Rick, lo- I'm losing Schofield, Williams, all these guys, Jordan Bone. I'm just gonna go to UCLA." And then he said, "No, nah, I'm just getting a new contract." Rick Pitino Thanks. gets floated around um, as a potential, and and Rick Pitino, and Dickie V's on Twitter <laughs> campaigning for Rick Pitino. Oh um, baby. And unlike a lot of other coaching searches, names get floated, and no one will kind of no one will really step up and publicly say yes, I'm interested, or or 
there is validity to this, whatever. But it f- felt like every single step of the way, people were like, yes. Like, Patino's coming out basically saying, yes, I would like that job. And Rick Barnes is, yes. And Jamie Dixon's like, yeah, we're trying to get rid of this buyout at TCU, but TCU won't let me go. Um, so everyone is like, we. It, it's very clear what's going on. There's no, like, rumors. It was like, this is what's happening. They're moving on to this guy. They're moving on to this guy. And then they land at the one guy who least represents the idea of UCLA basketball in my mind. I cannot, I, I, no hyperbole. I literally cannot think of a single head college basketball coach in Division One who least represents the idea of UCLA basketball to me than Mick Cronin. And he's the man that they pick. And not only do they pick him, but he accepts that he's like their 12th choice. He leans into it. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, I know I know what the deal is, but I'm the coach at UCLA now, bitch, so what are you going to do about it? And that's where we've arrived, Tate. The whole, the whole search was hilarious, and we, we, it's been months now, and I still see Mick Cronin is UCLA's coach, and I don't believe it. And that's not even the craziest thing that UCLA was a part of this summer because UCLA at one point in the offseason said to the world, or it was leaked to the world via Wall Street, that they were thinking about advising the school not to re-up with the Pac-12 in a deal that will expire in 2023. And you say to yourself, well, maybe there's a chance that UCLA says we're going to create a new conference or maybe we're going to join someone else on the West Coast or maybe we're going to go to the Big 12. No, (laughs) that's not what's going to happen. The Pacific Coast, a team close to the Pacific Coast said, we want to be in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Allegedly. (laughs) That was the rumor that came out. So you thought Mick Cronin was crazy? Wait until you hear that the ACC and and UCLA are basically thinking about making UCLA CC. Here we are. (laughs) Jesus. My God. That makes no sense. And then anyways, uh, then there were some rumblings that, well, that seems a little strange. 3,000 miles for the rowing team Mm. to fly across the country to play against, you know, Georgia Tech. Seems. Do you play rowing? Is that what you I don't know what you do. What do you do when you row, Kyle? It's a way of life, guys. It's not a play. You don't play it. I guess you sit. What do you call it? What would you call that? We're going to go. Row. Compete. You're rowing. We compete. We're going to compete against. We're going up to Harvard to to row. Yeah, to row against. We're going to row against. We're going to row. We're going to row against. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) <laughs> so Roe versus the ACC. Uh, <laughs> here we are. Uh, anyways, the Big 12 also was in the mix. And apparently uh, another athletic director, this is my favorite quote from all this, do not underestimate the academic arrogance of the California schools. Joining open access state schools like Iowa State and Texas Tech is and has always been a non-starter for them. <laughs> and that's why apparently the UCLA looks around and says the only conference we can go to is the ACC. Casey Wasman, big donor for UCLA, apparently advises the ACC. We got to be an advisor. I don't yeah. know how you become an advisor, but it's a great job. It's um, and you can be on any board. It's anywhere like being a producer. And but yes. no, no disrespect, Kyle. But uh, oh, I thought no I disrespect, like, Tommy. No disrespect. Yes, yeah. <laughs> producer. You're just like we love you, Tommy. Being one of those producers, like something gets made, and then you just like peek your head in the room, and you're like, yeah, looks Where? pretty good to me. <laughs> <laughs> thumbs up, Chuck Norris. Thumbs up. <laughs> Put that it out. Hurt. That one. How do we get that deal? Like someone puts together a, a an Oscar winning movie, and then I just like I'm the guy that comes in, watches it, and I'm like, yeah, it looked pretty good to me. And then they're like, there you go, producer credit, producer Mark Titus. I think that was like what Orson Welles was doing at the end of his career. He was like, yeah, I'll be in that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, speaking of coaching changes, is my turn? <laughs> is it your turn? It's your turn. I can't remember. I, I, wedge, oh, no, I, I, I wedge the UCLA. Oh, into UCLA ACC. to ACC was yes. your thing. Okay. Because uh, I want to talk about John Beeline leaving mm. um, Michigan. This was something that was simultaneously shocking and not surprising at the same time in the sense that last year he was flirting with going to the Pistons. Um, and and that 
had a little bit of legs, people thought, and made a little bit of sense. But then this one came out of nowhere. The Cavs one came out of nowhere and that like there was no rumblings of him talking to the Cavs. But then you thought back and you're like, well, a year ago he was interested in the NBA, so maybe it's not that surprising. Um, and you got the Dan Gilbert and yeah. Detroit little connection there, you know, the little Michigan back and forth. And then immediately the Cavs used their first-round pick on uh, – or, or what, did they have – did they have one – they had one – who did they, they draft? They got two first-round picks. They got Darius Garland. That's right. That's what I meant, the Garland. D- yeah. Well, the, the point I was going to make is they got Dylan Windler in the, in yes. the end of the first round. That's that's the joke. I was Your boy from to, Indiana. I struggled. I, I stumbled over myself. But – um. Yeah, that he dra- he drafts like a, a white left-handed shooter that just like it just screams John Beeline. Like I'm everything sure that, about Dylan I think Winter Kevin O'Connor like, called him the Kevin Herter of this year's yeah. draft. There's a hundred percent chance that Beeline was like banging on the door of the draft room, like we have to take this kid, and mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> I'll do whatever it takes. We have to take this kid. So, um, but yeah, the whole the whole the whole Beeline dynamic is is nobody was inside the room. The door was locked. The lights were yeah. off. <laughs> Put in the pick. Fax it in. John, the draft is in three days. <laughs> Um, but no, the, 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 he, he, he obviously, he's the greatest Michigan basketball coach mm-hmm. of all time. Um, he built that program. He, he took over from Amaker, built that thing into really like every single year, a perennial, like it's not entirely true that he did have a couple down years there, but, uh, it, it felt like every single year, Michigan was a contender for something. We weren't sure what, whether, was this going to be the year they were going to contend for the big 10? Was this going to be a year where maybe they finished like fourth in the big 10, but then they go on a run in March. Um, I don't know. Beeline had a brand. He he very obviously had a brand. He pivots at the very end of his Michigan tenure and does the defensive thing. But uh, it was it, it was shocking in this in that sense as a Big Ten guy because you just assume that these guys who who build their careers at Big Ten schools or build their names at Big Ten schools are going to ride it out. And and why would you ever want to leave? And then John Beeline said, "Money, and I don't want to recruit." Yes, and, exactly. And so it came it. back to the fact that he was like, "I'm tired of getting guys like you know." Bryce Dacus in, mm. and I only get him for one year because for whatever yeah. reason I have no ability to recruit these guys back to Michigan because why would they not go take their chances mm. in the NBA and now Bryce Dacus is doing really well with the Knicks and it's like it worked out for him Beeline's tired of recruiting so he goes to the NBA to get away from recruiting and then a guy from the NBA and I'm going to wedge in another storyline a guy from the NBA who is like I definitely don't want to recruit I definitely don't want to go to living rooms or anything like that but I do want to be the head coach of Michigan our guy, Jawan Howard. Michigan man. Michigan man. Jawan and basically Howard. we get the the war of culture yeah, comes yeah, out of this. This is fun. What, <laughs> what culture do you want to bring to Michigan? Because John Beeline, like you said, had created this amazing culture about let's take guys that are three and four star recruits, develop them into stars. D3 players. D3 players like our boy Duncan Robinson and make them great. Um, and that was working out really well. We obviously remember 2013, even though uh, I guess Louisville remembers it differently than most of us. I don't remember. Uh, but anyways, uh, Jawan Howard comes. He cries in the press conference. It's a beautiful moment. Jalen Rose is like, the Fab Five is back. We're going to be at games. Michigan basketball is here. The Fab Five is finally recognized. But now, again, Jawan Howard has to recruit, which is the one thing that John Beeline was tired of doing. And John Beeline seems Here's my question. much more suited for the college basketball recruiting scene. Does Jawan Howard have to recruit, though? That's true. It's about culture. Or does the culture recruit for Jawan Howard? Is LeBron James recruiting for Jawan Howard? No. <laughs> no, he's not. Um, that would that, be amazing if LeBron James moved his locker room from Ohio State. I'm telling you, I really. It's not going to happen. Like Bronny's going to Duke, but um, if he if if he even has to go, right? Because he, he, <laughs> he has it, to go. isn't he? Uh, no, I meant like, aren't they going to have the rule? Like, are, oh, they've been. Never mind. 
When when is the when are they eyeballing getting rid of the rule now? Like twenty twenty three? I mean, they're just, fuck knows. They're just gonna keep pushing it back. Yeah, this is six schools. I know. <laughs> getting rid of the one and done is six I'm schools the, about to get named in a say, big in a like NCAA investigation. I'm the one dumbass in this world who continues to think that one of these days, like the NCAA is gonna crack down on the guys. Like it's gonna happen sometime. All these FBI mm-hmm. schools, it's gotta happen. And I also am buying the uh, they're gonna get rid of the one and done rule. Like they they said it's gonna be two years, and they're like that was seven years ago. <laughs> I'm the one guy that's still like waiting for both both of those and watching the timelines and counting down till till when it's gonna happen. I mean, it's basically revelations, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like they're like everyone you just keep preaching it and everyone's expecting like when will the rapture come? It will come eventually. And uh we don't know how, what it will look like, but we do know Condoleezza Rice will be involved. That's for sure. <laughs> we do know that. Uh but congratulations to Jawan Howard. It is a beautiful thing that he's gonna go back to Michigan. I don't know if that will be a good thing or a bad thing or whatever it may be, but I think it's still it'll be a thing. It's good optics. It's right? definitely great optics uh, for the culture. It's definitely great optics. Not definitely that noteworthy. <laughs> definitely noteworthy. Um, Beeline, I'm not really sure he's going to matter in the NBA, but I don't think he cares. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't. Is, is there ever going to be a, a, a John Beeline run to the Eastern Conference Finals? Probably not. But does John Beeline care? Probably not. You know what John Beeline also did? He got the other Cavs coach, Ty Lue, the perfect example for why he was not going to be LeBron's boy for the next three years because John Beeline got a five-year deal that mm-hmm. set the market. This is what you get. You're going to get a five-year deal. And if a college coach can get a guaranteed five-year deal, then a guy who won an NBA championship in 2016 for Cleveland, he was not able to get a five-year deal. So that made Ty didn't get a five-year deal? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, nice. Uh, Four-year deal, actually. Uh, And then uh, he pulled out. You know what I mean? So once that happened, it was basically like the ripple effect of Beeline leading to Ty not going to the Lakers. And now we have another Mick Cronin-type situation with our boy, Frank, with the Lakers. Yeah. Everyone in LA is just happy to be the coach. Yes, you know yeah. what I mean? Like just like, Helton with yeah. the USC Trojans. He's like, I'm just really happy to be here. I'm so glad Cliff uh, Kingsbury got hired. Godfrey is God- like, I'm God- glad I'm not in jail. <laughs> Godfrey's like, uh, what were they saying? Uh, the NCAA? What did NC State say? <laughs> Chuck Norris something. I was certain I would be in a coffin or a jail cell at this point <laughs> in my life. And I'm in neither. I'm in Southern boom, California. Baby. So boom, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back, rip through the rest of these off-season storylines that we can't get enough of. Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, Roman. With two-thirds of guys experience noticeable hair loss by age 35, most guys assume losing their hair is inevitable as they age. Some don't care. Some shave their head. Some embrace hats. But what they don't know is that there are FDA-approved medications designed to stop hair loss and even regrow your hair. That's why we are excited to partner with Roman. Roman makes it easy to get safe, FDA-approved hair loss treatment all from your phone or computer. And when you go to GetRoman.com slash Shining, your online visit is free. Consult with a U.S. licensed physician through their secure online platform. No awkward conversations with receptionists or reading bad magazines in the waiting room. Once your doctor ensures that treatment will be safe and effective for you, Roman's dedicated pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping and discreet packaging. If you're noticing unwanted hair loss, starting treatment early is key, and Roman can help. And today, Roman is giving One Shining Podcast listeners a free online visit at GetRoman.com slash Shining. 
That's GetRoman.com slash Shining for a free visit to get started. Go to GetRoman.com slash Shining. And that's not all. We're also brought to you by Mack Weldon. With smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping, Mack Weldon will be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants, and more that you will ever wear. Not only do Mack Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well too. Perfect for working out, going to work, going out on dates, just everyday life. They even have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor. Is it antimicrobial? Antimicrobial. That's how you say that? I used to write the... uh, I used to write the... Remember the the one time I read the copy and I was like, antimicrobial? I don't know how to... If it has... I don't know. I phonetically spelled it out like 15 million times early on in the Bill Simmons days and then Bill would always just make fun of it. He was yeah. like, I'm not saying that. Uh, and if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it and they will still refund you. No questions asked. Uh, personal experience for us. We all got Mack Weldon sweatpants. They are comfy. They are cozy. My dumb ass, uh, they, they let us get whatever we wanted and my dumb ass in the heart of summer got sweatpants and a sweatshirt. So <laughs> still well, I had $29 left over and I happily paid the $68 or whatever it was to get the travel pants on. Are you wearing them right now? Yes. Nice. Mac Weldon, beautiful. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter promo code SHINING at checkout. That's MacWeldon.com. Enter promo code SHINING at checkout for 20% off your first order. Back to the offseason. All right, we're back. We're working our way through all the things that have happened in this offseason that we care about. And um, Tate, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with this one. Um, this is next on my list. This is something that has become a bit on this show. Uh and and I'm not sure where we take it from here, but uh, it is it is definitely a bit, and I cannot get enough of it. The Purdue Dave giving happened mm. in April, the end of April. Purdue set a new record for the fifth consecutive year <laughs> for the most money raised in 24 hours by a university. They raised 41.6 million dollars. How much money do you give for going to the moon? Residually, it's, you know what I mean. Yeah, like how much? Cash, you, like what? It's all space the, cash. The space cash is ridiculous. <laughs> it's a. Uh, Come on, Mexico. More water parks. (laughs) Come on. Again, if you're new to the program, this concept of Purdue, other schools are doing it apparently, but Purdue, for some reason, because they went to the moon, I guess, Mm. and they have the space cash. It is, uh, (laughs) they blow everyone else out of the water. And the premise is simple. They say, give us money. And people say, okay. (laughs) And then over the course of 24 hours, they raise $42 million. And that, that is the, that is, I don't know. I don't know what that is. That is, it's 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 insane. It, it, I feel like I'm losing my mind. I feel like I talk to people that work at these universities, and it's just they've just kind of accepted it as like part of life, part of like fundraising, part of keeping the machine going, of of running a big, giant university. Um, and I'm just standing there, scratching my head. Like you just ask people for fucking money. You're already charging a ton of money for tuition, and then on top of that, you just like ask people for money and they give you money. It's you insane. Guys give back? Do I give they, back? I know they call you every year. They call me every year, right? Oh, to to like Ohio State? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I give back. Single day. You give back? Yeah. Hey, you give back? <laughs> no. What am I going like to oh, give, give back? Like money? Oh, yeah. no. Fuck no. I don't no, give money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, money. Yeah. Yeah. I give back tweets, I don't know dude. Do you not see? I was going to say, do you not see I give the, them exposure, Kyle. I know, I know. That's, that's worth more than money. I tweeted the, the Ohio State football game. I tweeted Go Bucks. I would love to give back money. I just don't get why they call people my age. It's like, what the fuck do you think I'm doing? No, it is a back to you guys. I still owe you guys parking ticket money. Yes. Fuck you. Same. There's not a bigger Same. kick in the nuts than getting the the please give us money now that you're an alum thing <laughs> when you still have like tens of thousands of dollars of student loans. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like my God. Crazy. Ruthless. Absolutely ruthless. <laughs> but uh yeah, Purdue's Day of Giving, they got something working up there. Those those engineers, the 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 Purdue people, 
I don't know. It's I, I I don't know how it happened. I don't know why it's Purdue. Like that makes it funny too. Like if you told me Michigan did this, that would make sense to me because Michigan's a little bougie and and they're smelling their farts as they're writing checks to their alma mater or whatever. But like Purdue is like a blue collar school, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know. I don't know what I even mean by that. It just doesn't fit my. If you pay, if you said there's one massive university in this country that raises a shit ton of money in a 24-hour period, I would never pick Purdue as that answer. My question is, if you have $41.6 million in West Lafayette, Indiana, why are we not balling out? Like, I mean, I guess yeah. the campus is, I mean, it, it is a beautiful, beautiful campus. I enjoyed walking around, but like, seems like you could own a lot of, you know, area and basically yeah. just own everything and just have a beautiful, I mean, nice West Lafayette, water park place. I can say this because I'm from Indiana. West Lafayette is an absolute shithole. Um, with respect to people from West Lafayette, <laughs> we have a lot of people uh, listening to the podcast from Lafayette. But uh, yeah, you—that's my way of saying you could get land cheap. Just take the forty. Yeah, take the forty-one Give million dollars. They should cart. do that. Like, can we build a Purdue water park? That's a great idea. Also, build a water park. Can we get our? Can we get our residuals <laughs> for Purdue? Yeah, what are we? We are promoting the Purdue Day of no Giving. No shit, dude. All the time. I have a, here's my idea. What, what if we sold Purdue Day of Giving shirts and we take all the money, Kyle? Stick with me here. Okay. Oh, I got it. P-U, and then it stands for pay us. <laughs> hey! We sell shirts that just say Purdue Day of Giving. That's all they say. And people will buy them because if you listen to the show, you understand that this is the most ridiculous concept, mm-hmm. and you think it's funny. And then we take all that money, and we donate it to Purdue on the Purdue Day of Giving. And you know how I feel about the Mackey bathrooms, Kyle. Right. They they name a toilet in Mackey Arena the after one shiny podcast. Nice. Oh, so you've given up the Who Mark Titus no? Memorial stall? Yeah, I, I've I've the- tried. That's what I. That's why when you said giving back to Ohio State, I've tried. I want to. I've. I offered a thousand dollar check to the basketball program to get a bidet installed, and they laughed at me and just kept laughing, and and I kind of took that as a clue to back out of the office. And, and then you should have sent a picture of LeBron James's locker and just put three yeah. crying emojis <laughs> and sent it back. Uh, um, I think that we donate. I like this whole idea. I but like the, Mackie, the It's two bits coming together. The yes. Mackey bathrooms and the Purdue Dave giving unified under one <laughs> bit. But we, but we take it a step further and we donate it anonymously. Mm. But we also say it publicly right here on this podcast, but it's donated, so plaque, donated by Anonymous. The plaque says donated by Anonymous, yes. by the toilet in Mackey Arena. Yes. But and then everyone, everyone knows, knows it's, it's us. us. Yeah. And then we're Larry David banging on Boom, the Boom, baby. And we go, to, we go to a game in Mackey Arena, and it's like the uh, the Anonymous donor from Curb where Larry's banging. I'm Anonymous. I think we're I'm just going to sit in the stall and watch the game on my phone. Yeah. Sir, sir, you've been in there a long time. You're like, no, you don't understand. I'm anonymous. That's <laughs> this is my toilet. I'm I'm actually anonymous. I'm allowed to shit here all day. <laughs> anyway, Purdue Dave giving congratulations to the Boilermakers who are also currently, as of this recording date, there's a there's this team of the decade thing going on mm-hmm. on the NCAA March Madness Twitter handle. Um, I I don't really get the premise. They just take guys from the last ten years that I don't. Know, who, who, it's the off season. Every, everyone, it's the off season for everybody. We're all feeling we're, it. We're, we're all we're all scraping the bottom of the barrel for content. Uh, Purdue was a seven seed in this tournament, and they've apparently marched all the way to the championship game where they're playing Kentucky. And you get a vote on is Purdue's best five from the last ten years better than Kentucky's best five from the last ten years? Spoiler alert: No. Um, <laughs> but congratulations to Purdue for making a Final Four, first one since nineteen eighty. They did it. And also, they did another runner-up for the they Big Ten. Yeah, they've done it again. We did it again. <laughs> they are the Bono of basketball. Keep the stats Always coming. number two. Oh my God, we're gonna we're gonna get a we're gonna get a Purdue tweet in like a month. It's like Purdue is the only program to finish in the top five of the team of the decade bracket, and also <laughs> win a Big Ten title, and also have a 
guy averaged 16.4 points per game. And go to the moon. And go to, <laughs> and, go to the moon. and also we went to the moon. In case and, you forgot. And give us money. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please. Give us money for all Please. that. Oh, God. Speaking of the bottom of the barrel, let's talk about uh, a guy who in the offseason decided to be a superstar and sit courtside at the NBA Finals. And that, of course, is I would consider him my favorite coach in college basketball right now as far as the flair, the slick back hair, and the belief in his program at all times. And he's just always fired up. And that, of course, is Mike Bray, who was sitting courtside at the NBA Finals, Game 5, with the Raptors, pulling for the Raptors in Toronto, and making it known that he is a believer in the Toronto Raptors, unlike everyone else in the world. He's saying, this is my team. This is what they're going to do. And apparently, big big donor. uh, Yeah, what was the story? The Notre Dame donor is like like a a minority owner of the Raptors, Mm -hmm. or like super in with the Raptors, or friends with Drake. Can I just just say, minority owner always trips me up when I hear, like... It's, I mean, I don't know. This is like, we got to have a better phrase for that because I don't know. Part owner. But that's why Michael. Yeah, just say like part owner. But that's like, why Michael Jordan being majority owner. Yeah, it's, is so nice. okay. it's like breaks my brain. It's <laughs> yes. like, what's going on? <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure, oh, Michael Jordan's door in the Hornets office, it says majority owner Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> who's gonna be, who's the most likely billionaire? Who's, who's a minority owner? There's three interns sitting there that just look up at the plaque all the time. <laughs> the most. <laughs> The most likely owner to to tweet that he is a mi- he's actually a minority and like as at, to tweet as a minority comma and and he's speaking of his ownership stake in a three billion dollar franchise. <laughs> Mark Cuban. <laughs> <laughs> oh as a God. minority, and then it's like one of two, and yeah. then it goes to the next tweet. <laughs> like what? Oh no, I get it now. Shark Tank's back. Oh shit. Oh god. Yeah, Mike Bray was at the that was that was a pleasant surprise of the finals. That was uh, As a minority investor in Shake Weight. <laughs> um yes, that was really good. I don't really know what to say as far as like what the story, you know, of Mike Bray being at, being at that game, but I just want to say you and I were watching that game together and the joy that we both felt watching Mike Bray have joy watching the Raptors. We were the only basketball. two, like in the bar. That oh yes, cared. Like, is that Mike Bray? Is that Mike Bray? Oh is my god! Bray? Everyone's like, "Who's Mike Bray?" Yeah, like, Shut up! You realize there's an NBA Finals game going on. We're like, we don't give a shit. Go back, pan the camera back to Mike Bray. Can you rewind this? <laughs> Loosest coach in America, Mike Bray. Um, what else? Let me see my list here. What, what are we gonna rip through here? Um, I have. I want to do talk about this now. I want to talk. Oh, this one, LeBron dunking at the AAU games. Yes, we have to recap that one. Um. This was a fun story. Uh, <laughs> it was it was something that had. When did it happen? Like in uh, uh, July. It was like right in the mm-hmm. middle of basically dead time and all of sports. It was content. during the NCAA's camps. Yeah, that's right. And um, when it when it happened, I I remember thinking like this is a perfect story for us because this is right in our wheelhouse. It's AAU games. It's LeBron. It's like it's 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 a non. It's a non-essential story. It's just like a guy fucking dunking at games, and that's and warm-up lines. It's it's not. There's no stakes whatsoever, which is perfect for us. That's what we love to talk about. Just bullshit like that. But because there's nothing else going on in the world, it became like the biggest story in sports for like four days. Mm-hmm. And that was like almost funnier than LeBron actually dunking. It was just the way people were like <laughs> in the A block of Sports Center. They're talking about. <laughs> LeBron throwing it off the glass to himself. It was the first time when you say helicopter dad, it's like a guy actually flying in yeah. the air. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it made at least some sense this time. Uh, yeah, it made really no sense why he was doing it so elaborately with the team. It did not seem like the team got a chance to lay up anything. Like they did like they didn't get the ball the entire time. They're just like watching the He's LeBron. pinning guys go- shots <laughs> off the glass. Yeah. Bronny's going up for lay. He's supposed to be rebounding the Suns and he just pins it off the glass and <laughs> he's dribbling around throwing the ball ninety miles per hour to kids in the corner and knocking them out. 
but it was awesome. I mean, it was cool to see LeBron be, you know, a great dad, and everyone was super excited about it. Oh, wait. No, we're upset. <laughs> Everyone's upset. Here we are. Uh, yeah, that was a big moment. Uh, next one I have for us that I really want to talk about, and this is something that we've, uh, I guess, brought up a few times at this point, but it, it doesn't really matter about how many times you bring up these things because it's all in good fun. John Rothstein, your boy, uh, came on our podcast. And again, this is probably the weirdest thing that we've done so far. I don't even understand how it all came to be, but it was a fun event when it happened. John Rothstein let you know, probably before he, he let, let us his, break the news. Yeah, he, he like didn't even tell his fiance yet. Yeah, he hadn't even proposed yet. He didn't even know if we got a yes yet. And he is promising a scoop of I will be engaged, which mm. one, like the confidence, John. Next, he's like, and also I'm bringing her into the studio and I'm going to get on the podcast. <laughs> And I don't know about you guys, but I have never, ever, ever thought about that in my life for like, that's the logical next step after an engagement. Let's get on one shiny podcast. Let's go address this. Right? So that meant a lot to me. And I'm not, you know, I didn't know John as well until, you know, the past few months. So for him to share that moment with us, I thought that was a, and then a he big invited, highlight. And then he invited us to his engagement party in Santa Monica and we showed up and it was like, it was, <laughs> it was us too. His family. And then basically everyone else there was a college basketball coach. <laughs> yes. Everyone else there. Everyone else there. Yes. Uh, which was like four other people. It was like four college basketball coaches, his family, mm -hmm. and us. Mm -hmm. And we were just standing there, and he's like, boys, so happy you could make this it. This is it. And yeah. <laughs> that was a great story. Uh, <laughs> and not to bury the lead, you're his best man. I'm the best man on the I wedding. In the, the wedding. wedding. The wedding is what, next summer, right? Isn't yes. that what he said? It's going to be like in New York, and he said he's planning it around um, – he, he said he's playing around some other event and we were throwing out, is it the, the Nathan's hot dog eating contest? Is it the, the preseason NIT tip off? Who, who the he's hell knows? Like, he's like, what's, he's like, what's Nathan's hot dogs? <laughs> Mark, Mark, what is that? He did do that, didn't he? When we had him, you weren't there because it was at the final four. We were on the road. No, You're no. not allowed to go. Um, but, uh, I, I asked him what he gets a beat up. He, he said, I don't know. We didn't have John back on. Come back, John. J John, come back on. That was a big moment for the podcast. Are you still engaged? Uh, our that, first that was scoop our first was scoop. an engagement. So technically, we are a gossip I will say podcast. this. We had, we had um, in the beef between Goodman and, and Rostein, we had in the scoops beef, we, we've had them both on the pod. Uh, we said the same thing to Goodman. We were like, we'll do anything for a scoop. We will, we will get on our hands and knees and beg. Mm -hmm. Please give us any scoop you can get. We did the exact same thing to Rostein. Goodman is still not giving us a scoop. Mm. So I'm not picking sides. I'm just saying one man gave us a scoop and invited us to his engagement party. The other man is Jeff Goodman. Difference between a bag man and a good man. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about the NBA draft because um, I, I think we need to take two seconds to recap. It, it's easy to forget, like, as it's happening, and you just kind of watch it and move on, and then the next thing happens and whatever, whatever. Um, but let's all let's all take a second and, and and think back on the most emotional NBA draft in the history of NBA drafts and how every single guy was crying when they went up there. All a lot of them had good reasons, you know. A lot of them had, you know, heartwarming stories and and they're really proud of themselves or like a lost relative couldn't be here and they're thinking of them and all that kind of stuff. But um, that that's the defining thing of of this NBA draft for me was not so much Cam Johnson going eleven like a lot of people will remember this draft for. I will remember like the first like seven picks just bawling their eyes out mm -hmm. and crying and getting emotional and and just wondering what the hell was going on and then like and then like ESPN is leaning into it and you can hear you can feel like Maria Taylor like this is good let's keep digging mm -hmm. this and they're telling her to um I don't know it was it, was, it made for a bizarre experience when you first saw Marley and me yeah 
Your thoughts. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty much what it was. That was what the draft was. And uh, Well, it kind of became like we make the joke about, you know, all the comedians always talk about, like, you never wanted to go after, like, if Rock was hot, you never wanted to go up after Rock. Right, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. That, that's how it felt of the draft where it was like, once we had one, once Zion cried, and it was so heartfelt and beautiful, this kid from small town, South Carolina, becoming the number one pick. Beautiful story. But once he started crying, it's like, if he's going to go hard, you got to go harder, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's like every single person after that was like, if he cried, I'm going to cry harder, and I'm going to do it better, and I'm going to show my emotions on my sleeve. Mm-hmm. It's the first time that if you didn't cry, you were a bitch. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, what basically. The, that's what we've, that's what, that's the world we live in now, and, Tate. That's what the, the millennials have, that's the world the millennials have built, is uh, now you are a bitch if you don't cry. All right, Everyone back to the to Doug Godley pod. Uh, back on a, but on a serious note. <laughs> I'm joking, guys. I'm being, I'm being no, a. we're kidding. But seriously. I'm being a, but seriously. That's but seriously. That's exactly um, but that was true. That was a uh, it was cool for the draft. I liked so many guys in this class that came out. Like you said, a guy like Dylan Windler. You know what I mean? Deep in the draft, Ty Jerome, a guy that we really enjoy. Course mm-hmm. Kyle guy, guy big. Rudy Hatchemer yeah. was what ninth? He was yes, ninth, right? Exactly. Or was it tenth? He was ninth. He was yes, ninth. Ninth. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then that that becomes that was interesting. But yeah, for me, the draft. I will, I will remember the 2019 draft as just all the crying that was going on. And uh, I don't say that to like make fun of him. It's just it made for a bizarre experience because. That's not what you're expecting when you're turning on the NBA draft is you're just expecting uh, just horrible fashion and funny jokes on Twitter and like that's pretty much it and mm-hmm. um and and someone's going to make a really stupid pick and then we're all going to laugh at them. That ended up being the Suns with uh, Cam Johnson. Um great pick. But uh Cam did not cry. Actually, he did yeah. cry. Tears of joy. He's Kobe like, cried. He's like, "What?" Kobe cried like for Cam in the in the press yes. conference where Kobe was just like, "He what? He what? What now?" <laughs> Like Kobe was also shocked that, that Cam went twelve or eleven. Um cut yeah. in his ear a little. He's like <laughs> What? Is you guys see how big uh King's Twitter account is on Kyle Guy? It's like no I see nothing but Kyle Guy yeah. on the King's Twitter account. That's by design, I follow dude. the King Twitter account. That's what we told so uh we guy. told Duncan at Summer League when we were we told him the, the, the easiest way to get guaranteed with the heat because duncan was getting the same treatment with the heat like where they they're tweeting out like new uniforms and like duncan's always wear the one wearing like the, the uniform guy. is he just the guy that's available yeah i think that's what? that's my advice to all like fringe nba players that are young is become friends with a social media person right and have them gas up your brand and then all the fans like don't want you to get cut because they're used to seeing your yeah. highlights on twitter all the time it's genius it's a genius idea speaking of duncan robinson we made him a millionaire yeah and we did. that's another off-season you're story welcome line. duncan duncan robinson came on the podcast at summer league uh, right after the NBA draft, obviously. And then Duncan Robinson sat down with us. We said, you're doing great. You probably should win Summer League MVP. Everything's going amazing. What do you think is going to happen? He was very humble. Said, I don't know. I'm not sure. And then uh, we figured it out. Right after that, he became a millionaire. So congratulations, Duncan. Congratulations to the OSP bump. The OSP bump works in a lot of different ways as far as connotations. Very similar to culture. Sometimes we get bumped from the studio, like today, Kyle. And sometimes we get bumped, like, you know, up the charts because of the algorithm, not because of us. Sometimes we get, you know, guys bumped up to millionaire status. Mm. And then they come crashing down at some point. But for right now, Duncan is a king. Yeah. Sometimes we give Bob Cousy Medal of Freedom. Yeah, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes Donald Trump listens to us. <laughs> we don't know why. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about this. This is pretty much the last one. The rest of the ones I have on my list are, let's be honest, we can just kind of scrap them if we want, but this one is worth discussing. RJ Hampton giving Kansas mm. fans blue balls. And uh, this man ultimately decides he's going, is it Australia or New Zealand? New or both? Zealand. It might be both. Yeah, like, it's conflicting. It like it's the NBL. It, like his team is in New Zealand, but the league is mostly in Australia. Is that correct? 
It'd be like if someone was going to play for the Raptors and you said he was playing in America or, you know, it'd be confusing for like people in, I don't know, other parts of the world. I think that's what's <laughs> going on. It's like the league is in Australia <laughs> mostly, but he's his team is in New Zealand. I don't know. It's very confusing. Everyone anyway. in Mexico with the space cash is now confused. <laughs> They're like, what? Like Toronto? Anyway, uh, the point is he's not playing college basketball and um, it's not so much noteworthy that he he's not playing college basketball, although that kind of is, but we've, we've seen that before. We've seen guys bypass college before to go play professionally overseas. Um, Terrence Ferguson, Emmanuel Brand- Moutier, Brandon Jennings. Yes. Uh, but what we haven't really seen is a guy like RJ Hampton, just basically, as I said, giving Kansas blue Kansas fans, blue balls. He's like retweeting all these Kansas. It's his buddy. Jalen Wilson commits to Kansas, mm. decommits from Michigan. When beeline leaves commits to Kansas, they're doing like things on Instagram. Like he, RJ Hampton's uh, uh, putting up the eye emojis with Kansas edits. Like he's got the, who's it? Tipton edits. Is that mm-hmm. the guy that, um, a bunch of stuff like that's going on. <laughs> and he's like leaning into it. He's basically doing the cliff Alexander when cliff Alexander picked up the Illinois hat and then said, gotcha bitch. And then put the <laughs> Kansas hat on, um, we should have talked about that in the Rewatchables podcast, by the way. We were talking about Illinois and how Illinois has never been the same. That was like the bottom of that. That is the that is that is one of the most heartbreaking YouTube videos of those Illinois yeah. fans watching that happen. The second screen. Experience As an aside, that. that is like the 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 lowest of low for Illinois basketball. I think is Cliff Alexander, who is Cliff not, Alexander. It's, it's Cliff Alexander. Yeah. Um, he gives you the okie doke. And it's like catastrophic to your. Pro- I don't know the whole the whole scene is like you're losing your mind over this guy and he still doesn't pick you and ooh tough tough scene as they say on the internet streets. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, R.J. Hampton basically does that and and it's hilarious because I mean Kansas is going to be fine assuming they don't all go to prison all the coaches go to prison which they're not going to but um, they're going to have the number one team in the country if not Mich- if Michigan State's not they're gonna they're gonna be one of the best teams in the country they don't necessarily need R.J. Hampton but just the whole idea of like a 17, 18-year-old kid just cock-teasing the entire fan base is hilarious to me. <laughs> and everyone was on board. Everyone was ready for it. Everyone basically had decided that RJ was going to go to Kansas, yeah. and that was a beautiful part of it. But now Kansas, like you said, number one team. They got DeSosa back. They got Jalen Wilson there, and then Dotson's going to have a great Dazabuke. year. Dazabuke. Yeah. Garrett's back. Mm-hmm. They're going to be nice, dude. They're going to Quentin be really, Grimes really nice. went to Houston. Quentin Grimes is gone, which is apparently a plus for them, which but- like— my yeah. the, the thing that I'm watching the most with Kansas is basically last year in the summer, I thought Quentin Grimes was going to be their best player. And then after watching the championship, the champions classic game, I thought that he was definitely going to be their best mm-hmm. player. And now he's not even on the team anymore. So yeah. a lot can change in a year between one summer to the next summer. But right now, Kansas is winning the offseason. Congratulations. And watch out for the NCAA, I guess. Maybe not. Yeah, who who knows? knows? Who knows? No one knows. Who cares? We'll see what happens. All right. Another one. This is easy. Uh, the three of us, really. Kyle was involved in this. He wasn't on camera that he much, as much as we wanted him to be. But uh, the Maui Invitational bracket came out. They asked us uh, very nicely to announce it for them. Uh, I was very much high on Chaminade, still very high on Chaminade. Still very high, uh, yes. I think, you know, I started you my preseason prep. Team number one, Chaminade. Uh, they're looking good. They're feeling good. Home teams, home season, home cooking, whatever you want to say about anything home-related. I'm going to go with Chaminade. But regardless, we did it. We wore the shirts. We had a great time, and now Maui is. Uh, I mean, they're Maui's in the bag cooking. with us. Yeah, right? we're, we're, yeah, we're going to be going to Maui. And we're so Maui's be, back. Maui's back. Maui's yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. The we Maui got sunglasses. Bump, Maui bump and the OSP bump are going to come together, and we're going to see what happens there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let me know how it is. <laughs> <laughs> Let's Facetime Kyle. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was that was a big scoop we got. Yeah, it was uh, it was 
Um, that, be, that was our second scoop. Yoli Childs is not playing for BYU, which is really disappointing because, uh, or hopefully he appeals and he wins, um, and he can they'll, they'll make him eligible for that. But I was I was excited for that. It's gonna be a great field. I'm very very excited for Maui, and I'm not just saying that because they're paying me because they're not paying me. They they did not pay me. I, I I I do this job on a volunteer basis. I just want the scoops. I'm in it for the scoops. It's not about the fame. It's not about the money, Tate. It's about the scoops. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think Maui's gonna be awesome this year, and I'm excited for it. It's going to be a great time, and uh, I'm just happy that they bought in with us and they let us make fun of them. We, we were very concerned when they asked us. We were like, are, we, are you guys sure you're ready for this? And then they were very ready, and we had a great time. Uh, another thing I had to bring up quickly as we're going through this, Mark Titus became a folk hero uh, in Charlottesville, Virginia, and that was, I guess, in the real season, in the own season. I guess you would say no, just it was the, the off- season. Oh, oh, I became I became you, you like be- a f- you became yeah. a yeah. So w- when you became a folk hero was basically at the final four when the Virginia yeah. fans came. They found you. Yeah. They said, "You are us. We are you. Here's we my are baby. One. Hold it. Yes, we are the world. <laughs> Take a picture with my my child who is two weeks old. Yes. I'm like what? Okay. I refuse to hold a man's baby. As I have like marinara sauce. I hate you forever. Mark Titus, I love you forever. I'm eating like a meatball sub and I got marinara. He's like, you don't need to wash your hands. Just hold the baby. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, yeah, cool. The, the baby's like throwing up <laughs> everywhere. He's like, just take this. <laughs> you can have it. Uh, yeah, so you became a folk hero. You go to Charlottesville. You're in the parade. or There is no parade, but you're in the stadium, so no. it counts. You're basically on the float because you're on the field. Yeah. Field equals The parade float. was like after the celebration at the football stadium, everyone just like walked straight to the bars, and that was like a that was, that a, was parade. a parade. That was the parade. <laughs> the parade of people walking from the football stadium. That was the bar scene, by the way. It was a good time. I found out. So they have this bar. I think I recapped this on the podcast. They have this bar called the Virginian. They call it the – those of us that have been on grounds before, we just call it the Verge. Okay. Um, right. <laughs> like, I, like I did that. Uh, um, yeah, like if, if you call it the full name, you're definitely a first year. But yeah. those of us that are uh, – you know, we've been on grounds for a while. We call it. We just call it the Verge. Uh, they do this thing where they play Sweet Caroline because right. it's white people. So yeah. of course you play Sweet Caroline, and then people get on top of the tables at the bars. Like they just stand up on top of the tables, like they're they're Vince Vaughn and swingers doing the, sure. the hip thrust and all mm-hmm. that. Um, Twist and, and shout. Yeah, pretty much. Twist and shout. So that's the thing. When I was there, I was like, I was like, I'm gonna do it because of course I'm not gonna be the one asshole that's not on the table. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting up on the tables. And I'm looking around. I'm like, this is the most unsafe shit I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Sure enough, a guy gets on the table with me. Everyone in there has health insurance. Everyone's okay. Slips and falls. Like face plants. Gets. I don't know what happened to the guy. He might be dead. He might not. Like (laughs) I. I. I, Last I saw him, he's like walking towards the back of the bar, like out toward like the uh, the loading dock area, like the the real back of the bar where the workers work. You know what I'm saying? Like he's he's getting the fuck out of there, and he's got like he's got all the the tissue over his face and everything. So something happened, and, and I don't know if he, he he made it through the night or not. Long story short, uh, I just found out this week that dancing on the tables is banned at the Verge now. Wow, you got. I don't know if it was time. because of that guy, but I'm just saying, like, I was. It could have been me. Is my point. I could have. I could be. I could have got. I could have gone there and. Um, <laughs> that guy is a millionaire because he sued yeah. the Verge. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> he walked right outside to that back lot, called his lawyer. And it was on. That was that was the bar scene, though. It was like everyone was. <laughs> was uh, there a sign that said you cannot dance on the tables? No, there was not. Yeah, yeah. got him. Millionaire. Got him. <laughs> yeah, um, you're probably a part of the class action suit, dude. You probably yeah, got like twenty five dollars. Where's my way. kickback? God damn it! This is the theme of the show. <laughs> Where's my goddamn kickback? Um, but no, that was uh uh, uh I, I was I, I guess that makes me one of the last people, the one of the last couple thousand people probably to ever <laughs> to dance on the table. tables at the Verge. So yeah. I'm I'm truly hashtag humbled and blessed. Officially <laughs> a folk hero in Charlottesville. Virginia. Um, but no, it was a good time, man. It was I I cannot wait to go back to Charlottesville. I genuinely believe that I might be more beloved. I don't think it's a might. I I probably am more beloved in Charlottesville than 
my own hometown in Indiana or Columbus. Shouldn't have said anything about Urban. Yeah, yeah or Columbus, Ohio. Or like, <laughs> you wrote about that football team that one time. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You don't want Urban <laughs> to win you titles? Okay. That's fine by us. Um, excuse me, sir. <laughs> this is a Wendy's. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, good time. Good times in Charlottesville, though, man. Yeah. Is, is there any- God's plan? They play God's plan. Every bar I'd go into, every bar I'd go into, some some white kid in their twenties would come up to me and be like, "I did, bro, that. bro, listen, just just keep <laughs> keep your ears peeled. I got you, bro." And I was like, "Let me guess, you're gonna play God's plan?" And he's like, "Yeah, bro. I talked to the, I talked to the DJ. <laughs> I slipped him fifty dollars." <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. "What the fifty dollars?" <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Easy, chump change." <laughs> And he smacks you with a hundred dollar bill. I gave like, I gave him my parent the allowance I got from my parents. I gave him five thousand dollars, <laughs> and he's going to play God's plan. God, those poor uh, ten guys that came up to you—they just feel so terrible now. <laughs> <laughs> Good times in Charlottesville. Good times. I uh, uh, I enjoyed every moment of it. Uh, Kyle, is there anything from the off season that you remember or recall? Kyle what? crashed his scooter. Yes. Oh, crashed that's my right. scooter. Yep. Uh, broke my finger. It was a bike, by the way. Uh, oh, actually, yeah, a bunch was, of people called me. Uh, they heard the felony, the accidental felony. Oh, like, man. Um, accidental people. grand larceny. Yeah, my accidental my grand dad, larceny. that was the first thing he said to me when he picked me up from the airport. He said, how about Kyle? Accidental grand larceny. I like that. <laughs> so that's pretty it good. A total accident. Uh, <laughs> totally, totally not my fault. That should be that could be your rap group, you and Ben Simmons. And was it, he's, he's melatonin, right? Yeah. And you're KC. Yeah. And together, you're accidental grand larceny. Yeah. <laughs> Put us together. <laughs> Get some cool font. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, is there anything else before we go, Tate? I, uh, yeah, I mean, this is just the end of the off season. This is the end. So I was trying to think about endings, like great endings of this off. This was such a good off season. That's the reason I'm so excited about, uh, what it means and what it is. It kind of reminds me of like men in black, you know, when it finally pulls out at the end of the movie and it just goes all the way, like through the Milky way and it keeps going. And then it's just like these aliens that are just basically gambling with our entire universe Mm -hmm. and that pullout moment. (laughs) Holy shit. You guys, you guys ever seen that? Can I, no, can, I know. What let me saying. take a hit of what you're smoking so I can understand what you're saying here. <laughs> Kyle has it. Um, <laughs> no, but that's what it feels like. It feels like I just had a really great time, and then I pulled myself back as I get ready for the preseason, and I see the full yeah. picture of what's ahead. I'm thinking about what Kansas will look like, who will be on their team yeah. next summer. You know what I mean? It's like that's what I mean by pulling all the way back. I think we're here. we got a good vantage point, mm-hmm. and we got good things to talk about. we got – Virginia, will they repeat? Probably not, but it'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't know. The offseason was a good a good time, and the NCAA will eventually hammer these teams. You know what I mean? So we have a full year of waiting Yeah, eventually for that. it's going to happen. This yeah. is how we retain the one, our audience. We yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's going <laughs> to happen. Guys, you got to tune in oh, next week because oh, it's definitely, it might happen wait. next week. You'll see. It's um, coming. Yeah, as we as we transition to uh, uh, preseason and, and the real season is here, uh, not to get all sentimental, but we, we have been making jokes about Kyle um, mm-hmm. not being able to join us places. Not I'm getting a sense. So Kyle is he's 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 the Rasilla producer. He's the the Bill Simmons producer. Mm-hmm. He's our producer. There are probably going to be a lot of instances, Tate, where Kyle's not going to be able to produce our show. And I just want to take a second while no one is listening. I certainly mm-hmm. wouldn't waste like a real show where people are actually listening to this to sure. say such a thing. So I'm going to say it on the last offseason or the first preseason. This wherever, is the end of it. the offseason. Um, Kyle is, for all the jokes we make, Kyle, I'm going to look you in the eye and try not to oh crack. God. For all the jokes we make, you are the hardest working man at this company by far. It's not even close. And um, we love you. We love having you on the show. And, uh, Listen, whatever I have to do to fight Bill and Rosillo to make sure that you're a part of this show, 
I'm going to do it. Oh, move it to Mondays. I'm going to do it. We're gonna, we're going to move it to Mondays. Next week. Let's move it to it. Monday. Except move it to Monday. Except <laughs> what I mean by that is I'm not going to inconvenience myself in any right, way. Right, right. But uh, I will fight, but I will not inconvenience myself. No, but but in all seriousness, we uh, we love when it's the three of us, and I think these are our best shows, and I think that's the problem when we don't have Kyle, and that's the reason why we record in whatever. Like we're in the chapel right now, but. You know, we're not in a studio, per se. Yeah. We are just hanging out because we want to record with Kyle. Kyle has, uh, this was the first show Kyle did. Kyle has the tattoo. We all know about that. And Kyle was basically someone who saved my life. Because before there was Kyle, there was me who was going crazy, basically doing bachelor party and all these other shows, <laughs> you know, all over the place and running around like a madman. And I said, Bill, can Kyle press record <laughs> like me? And he it, said, I don't know. Figure it out. He said any monkey can do it. Any monkey, yeah. I don't know if Kyle is any monkey. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I said to Bill, I said, I get it. I'm a monkey. I press the button. But this monkey is tired. <laughs> and Kyle came in and he saved the day. And it's been great. I mean, it's been two years of just a, a lot of good times. And uh, I'm excited that the off season is over. The real season is here. And Kyle was here for the end of the off season. Thank you, Kyle. Yeah. I love you, Kyle. That's it. That's the show. That is, uh, that's a wrap. That's, that's all I got. Anything else before we go? Not at all. We'll I Friday. can't wait. We'll be back Friday. 